This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Before you get stuck into your podcast, I'm Jonathan Agnew talking you through a very new mini-series hitting Test Match Special. It's called Project Ashes. Over the last year, I've been speaking to the people who are in charge of England's attempts to win Down Under. It's loud. They let you know that they don't like you. Got to try and embrace it if you can. We're under no illusions. You know, in our last 10 tests, we're 9-0 down. England have only won once in Australia in the last 34 years. But could that change this winter? And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes, who hammers it for four! Come up against this baggy green thing that they keep talking about, and I'd love to, you know, stick one of them. This is Project Ashes. Listen on BBC Sounds. Now, back to your podcast. Guys, this is your warning. We do swear occasionally. Every now and then, we'll say the word. Sometimes. Sometimes. And even maybe. But don't let that put you off. We're nice people. We beep them out. So your kids can listen. (laughs) Enjoy. Cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley bowls down the track, comes scoring this time, Chicken X. It's either six or out, it's six. Hello, and welcome back to No Balls a Cricket Podcast with me, Kate Cross, and you, Alex Hartley. Ahoy there. Ahoy there. How are you diddling? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I just have a bit of a an issue go on stop banging your mic <laughs> that's for Emery Emery tells us off every week because we don't know how to control our mics so stop banging it and I think it's me but I'm going to blame you I well I blamed you and I don't know why I'm doing this voice so I think it's because you got a hat on and you look like a little leprechaun <laughs> yeah I've been cold since we came in from that walk yeah it's not been warm but the heating's been on yeah it's turned the weather's turned hasn't it it's my fault I said it hadn't and now it has we went out last <laughs> night and you were like tell you what it doesn't feel like winter and today it's been like three degrees oh we were walking for the Metrolink and you said something about sounding like a middle-aged woman because I think I, said, I was like oh the weather's not it's quite mild isn't it it's not <laughs> turned yet and you're like oh god you've turned 35 <laughs> I like, I can tell you're 30. I was oh. like, I just want a mulled wine. We had a nice little evening, didn't we? We went out for a wine, a mulled wine at the Christmas market. Yeah, we did. It, and that's where it came from. You're like, it doesn't feel like Christmas. It's not cold. Yeah. Well, it's not been cold. And today it felt like Christmas. Freezing. So I got my hat on. <laughs> got my hat on. Had it on all afternoon. And you shouted at me because I had my hat on and my trainers on at one point. Yeah, and I went to the toilet. I was sat in my room while you've been doing uni work. And I was like, she's still sat there in her going out gears. Mm. It's my habit, though, isn't my LVW. Speaking of LVWs, you did something yesterday, and I am so, so glad I saw it. No, right. I had to do it, because you set me up. You set me up. set you up. You made a bagel and put jam on it. Yeah. You put the bread knife on the jam plate. So when I came to use the bread knife, it needed cleaning. So you washed the bread knife. So I washed the bread knife. Good. And someone actually, because we Instagrammed it, someone messaged saying, thank God, because that bread knife must be mucky. But I clean it every time I use it. So 50% mucky, 50% clean. I've been using raisin bagels. Therefore, they do need wiping because the raisin residue gets on the bread knife. See, okay. See, a lot happens when I'm not here. Yeah. I've got to keep on top of these things. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. you? (laughs) I'm all right, thank you. So actually, Grossi, 
20 past eight on, on a, a Sunday, Sunday evening. evening and we're working we're working we just said we're clocking in now aren't yeah, we the grind never stops never does I mean we've done nothing all day <laughs> speak for yourself I've been slaving away at uni all day <laughs> so we thought we'd go to work at half past eight on a Sunday dragged you out for a little walk and we've got a weird story to tell about this walk that we do haven't we yeah so I can't remember who I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, but someone told me that the village that I live in, someone owns a house that has got the elephant <laughs> from Take That Tour that they did. The big tour. I can't remember the name of it. Take That World Tour. Might have been that. Yeah. You went to see it, actually. Yeah, I did. It, it was, was like 2014 or something. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but there was a massive elephant that they used and it was like mechanically moved on stage, yeah. didn't it? Someone in this village has that elephant. In their garden. In their back garden. And I went for a walk with Beck a couple of weeks ago, having just learnt this information a couple of weeks before. And I was like, oh my God, there it is. And I found it. So I went to show it you today. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's the elephant. Why is there a pig as well? And there was a cow. There was yeah. like a cow in someone's... It was in rogue. In the tree. Very rogue. But so we found the elephant from the Take That tour. But that guy apparently is the Take That manager or was. He's got cash. Bear cash. That, that house is big. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you? yeah i'm good thank you i've been quite stressed this week again uni assignments but thankfully it'll be in next week so you won't have to hear me bang on about uni for another couple of months um but yeah i'm good um slightly grumpy yesterday yeah i was like she needs to go to the gym i'm gonna go go with her see if i can cheer her up a bit (laughs) i wasn't was grumpy the right word i felt like i was in a good mood but i was in a short mood yeah things annoyed me quite quickly yesterday I was like, those eggshells on the floor, I'll just step around them. Just step around them, yeah. <laughs> That's what you get when you live with someone. Kind of happen. Although we did, we had a little bit of a word with each other maybe about five days ago, yeah. didn't we? You had a few red flags on me and I had a, re- a few red flags on you and I was like, are we both declining? <laughs> Do I need to get the sad lamp out? <laughs> so you've got this sad lamp, haven't you, that your mum bought you this yeah. time last year. And basically it's like a sunbed for your face. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's it's not. It like you, my retinas still have not recovered from this time last year. I'm like, honestly, can't look directly at it because then you get that, you know, when you can see the sun if you look directly at yeah. the sun for like 45 minutes afterwards. You get that if you look at it. Not good. But <laughs> we've not got it out, so we're doing all right. No, we're good. We're flying. And we hope everyone else is because it is that time of year, isn't it? It's dark nights. It's dark mornings. We hope you're all doing all right. Stick to your good routines. We've come up with something today, actually, with these dark nights. You you hit like a 5 p.m. wall. Yeah. And you get to 5pm, you're like, I think I should be going to bed. And that 5pm wall was so realistic this week that when I came back from the coffee shop I was doing working on Friday at 5pm, you were in bed. Yeah. I had to get you out of bed to cook some tea. You went, is it bedtime? I was like, no, I'm just so tired. You were so sleepy. Bless you. Have you um, got anything on your sticky note this week? Let me just check. Let me open them up. No. I do, going back to that bagel thing. <laughs> Shock, you've got nothing on your sticky note. Death taxes and me doing all the work on this podcast. <laughs> I gain half the money. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sent us the most horrific story about how you cut your bagel. Yeah. So I told you the story of Beck cutting a finger on an avocado and you should never cut food in your hand because yeah. you might slip. And you said you were going to try and do a different technique the next day. Someone sent us a message saying that their friend, sleepily, it might have even been them, 
didn't know that their finger was through the bagel. Oh my God. And cut the bagel how you did in that video and now of like missing half of their finger because of it. I mean, how stupid do you have to be to not realise your finger's through the whole of the bagel? And to then carry on cutting. At what point did it hurt? Must have been a sharp knife. It's actually gross, isn't it? Sorry to the person who is actually missing their finger, though. We we feel sorry for you, but it was a gross story. And also, next time, don't put your finger through the hole. They've not got a finger to put through the hole now. <laughs> but we actually, speaking of bagels... We, <laughs> Why we, are we talking about bagels? We were discussing the other day. <laughs> we were discussing. The hole is so pointless and unnecessary and makes buttering and jamming bagels difficult. It's like you said, doing this... It's like a work of art. It is, because you've got to go round and go round. Like a piece of bread, just slap it on. Yeah. Round and round. And then your jam falls through the hole. So you've got to I wish you could jam. see what she's doing. <laughs> I'm acting it out. It's working. And out. I said it's a treat when you get one of those bagels that's squashed and there's no hole. No hole in it. Yeah. Maybe someone needs to make a no-hold bagel. Would it then be called a piece of toast? Tastes different though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What is going on? I don't know. I don't know. It's a cricket podcast. Should we talk about some cricket? Yeah. We've been enjoying the T10 recently, haven't we? We have. How good is the T10? It is mental. And you you said a good tweet the other day. You should say it again. Right. So during the World Cup, the average score was 135 in 20 overs, T20 World Cup. This T10, they're scoring like 140 in 10 overs and teams are chasing it down. Someone tweeted, didn't they, saying, what's wrong with cricket? Is it broken? Why is cricket broken? But we've worked it out. They're playing on 12-yard boundaries. Yeah, we did. We figured it out today, didn't we? Yeah, and it's not hard to work out because there's actually a grass stain where the LED lights and where the boundary of the World Cup games was. So it's... about 40 yards in. <laughs> yeah, and then everything else is a lot closer to the play. I was thinking I watched Phil Salt back yesterday. Good old Manchester Originals, Phil Salt. Lancashire. I'm Lancashire yeah. now, just signed. He like top-edged this ball and it like went towards long off and it went for six. And I was like, no wonder he didn't get any runs in the 100 because yeah. the boundaries were 20 yards bigger. Oh, gosh. Can you could you imagine what our figures would be if we played in this T10? Yeah, but we also said we could get a gig because every man and his every, dog. Yeah, everyone's playing, aren't they? Turn on the telly and it's like, how have they got on there? <laughs> yeah. It's like watching like Knots versus Somerset play, isn't it? Yeah, with a few other overseas, yeah. like Faf Duplessis in there. Yeah, but, but I've enjoyed it. Obviously, there's no cricket to watch now. We got a bit sad the World Cup finished. We uh, do have some exciting news for everybody. Do we? Yeah. So, dun, dun, dun. Our next guest is live from Australia. Oh, yeah. In quarantine. And he's going to give us the inside scoop. The He doesn't know it yet. No, he doesn't. We've not really spoke to him. We've just locked him in for a date, haven't we? Should we tell them who it is or should we leave it? I reckon leave him hanging. All right. Maybe they've got a guess. Yeah, nice. I mean, there's one of 35 people to choose from. Yeah. And we've also got an Ashes correspondent. Three Ashes correspondents. Whoever can turn up when we're recording the <laughs> Whoever's podcast. Whoever's not hungover. Because <laughs> Henry Moran, our producer. Also guest of the podcast. Fan of the podcast. Yeah. Member of the podcast, really. Stephen Finn. Yeah. Two-time attendee of the podcast. Yes. And Eleanor Aldroyd are all out with BBC TMS. Yet to make her podcast debut. Yeah, maybe. She actually has no clue she signed up yeah. for this. No one does, really. We just messaged Henry last night, didn't we, and yeah. said, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, great. Sounds good. He doesn't know what he signed <laughs> up for. Anyway, so we can bring you the ashes from Australia. That's the plan. That's the plan. That's our plan. 
I've got written down, a bit crickety, a bit not. Um, I had an incredible opportunity last week to sit on a stage with Stephen Fry. How good. It was in, pretty incredible. Yeah. And a few things happened, which I want to talk through. So for anyone that doesn't know, I went to be on the panel of the Cowdery Lecture, which is a very famous lecture given every year by someone associated with the MCC. Or not even necessarily associated with them, but associated with cricket. Yeah. Quite a prestigious event. And I got to go and be the panel. On the panel, sorry. And Stephen Fry... <laughs> I was the panel. I was the panel. <laughs> it was the Kate Cross panel. Um, with Stephen Fry. With Stephen Fry as a guest, yeah. Um, I bottled asking him to come on the podcast, by the way. I was going to bring that up. Did you ask him? Because you were like, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. I really psyched myself up for it, but I was just... It just didn't feel right. Mm. And I genuinely think he'd make us look like idiots why you listened to his lecture i did his uh, by the way everyone should go and listen to it because i genuinely was like captivated for 45 minutes listening to him yeah. talk about our sport and how he just he just made it sound incredible didn't yeah. he like his use of language and just everything that he spoke about was so relevant to cricket today yeah and obviously everything that is going on at the moment and it's quite a difficult time for our sport but i just thought he he spoke so eloquently and it just made so much sense to me. Mm. And it was just brilliant. But go listen to it. 45 minutes, but worth it. Crossy comes in about 49 minutes in. <laughs> I do. So either turn off then or just listen to me yabber on, on my panel. Um, why was I talking to you about this? Because you had a pr- pretty incredible opportunity. It was on your sticky note. Yeah, I had a few things to talk about. Can't remember. Anyway, one thing that did That's good. Happen... We've got a podcast. You don't know what you're talking about. No, I just forgot them. Why I got onto that train okay. of thought. It was amazing. He was brilliant. You should listen to it. But I made a mistake. Oh no. I thought it was a black tie event. Oh, okay. So did you go dressed to the nines? I had um, a play suit on, which I think I got away with it was dressy enough to be on the panel, to be the panel. Yeah. And it was casual enough that I looked okay yeah you all look really nice actually thank you You're welcome. so my mum and dad came down because i said to them i was like there's there's really never going to be another opportunity that i'm on stage with stephen fry mm. at lords for this so i think you should come so like emailed the mcc i was like please can i get two guests They're like yeah no problem we'll put them on the top table with you and i don't know where i got it from but i saw that it was a black tie event mm-hmm. turns out it was a jacket and tie event mm. and my dad Oh, no. I had a little dicky bow on. No. He had his, like, suit on with his lapels. And I felt awful. I bet he looked great. He looked fab. And, like, how often do you get to wear your dicky bow? Yeah. And he, he felt like James Bond, he said. Oh. Yeah. Until he got there. Until he got there and he was like, have you done this on purpose? And it normally would be something I would do on purpose. Yeah. But I didn't. I genuinely made a mistake. And he was mortified. And we had to go and ask the waiters if they had a spare tie and... Someone gave me one from a charity that they're involved in and I've made a donation to the charity, so it's all fine now, but I've just felt really bad on my dad. I mean, I feel like you said to me, you're like, right, so my dad was really, really upset. There's nothing to be upset about. Not if you're not, if you are that person, there's everything it's like to be non, upset It's like about. non-uniform day and you turn up in your uniform. Yeah. Yeah. And no one really cares, but you're so aware of it. Self-conscious. So it got me thinking, <laughs> oh, no. have you ever been horrendously overdressed or horrendously underdressed at an event um that's a great question i don't think i have 
I don't think so. Other than the time it was a fancy dress. And I don't know what, you're going to have to tell me what the theme was. But Oh, so the theme was... Disney princesses. Disney princesses. Um, and I went at Shrek. So I like full <laughs> head to toe green, made like this Shrek outfit. It was great. And a Shrek mask. Got there. Everyone thought it was brilliant. Only for someone to tell me Shrek's not even Disney. Oh, Pixar. Yeah. Oh, shame. <laughs> yeah, shame. so I got the whole wrong end of the stick. I just It made me laugh because I remember you showing me the photo of all your mates dressed in like fairy tale outfits of these gorgeous <laughs> princesses with the hair all done and you were <laughs> to toeing green paint. With, oh, I had a mask on. Ogre. <laughs> I had a mask on and I kept it on all night. And then someone was like, take your mask off. So I did, but I'd done my face full green as well. <laughs> and they were like, for God's sake. I was like, surprise. Amazing. <laughs> Went out around town fully green. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, yeah, I stitched my dad up, basically. Have you I've ever just... been to an event? Not that I can remember. No. When we go to, like, England events, it's quite nice because they tell you to wear your England suit, don't yeah. they, more often than not. So you can't overdress. You can't or mess under... it up. Yeah, you can't get it wrong, really. Um, but, no, I, I genuinely can't think of anything. Although, fancy dress, potentially. Uh, we had a millennium party at the cricket club, so when 2000 happened, and everyone was like dressed to the like just amazing fancy dress. Um, my sister went as Liz Hurley, which is a bit weird because she was like 14, and my mum made her this dress that oh, was God. all like pinned at the side. Very raunchy for a 14 year old. <laughs> and then <laughs> the pictures of me, I'm in a full Bugs Bunny outfit. <laughs> Like a proper onesie that's got the big head on it. And my mum gave me a carrot. I was only like seven, but okay. I just walked around and I couldn't take it off because I'd not What's worn... up, Doc? <laughs> I didn't wear... What's up, Doc? I didn't wear clothes underneath it either, so I couldn't take it off oh, all night. So that's just... a bit of a shock. I was just dead hot. <laughs> that's like when you're a kid and you go trick-or-treating and your mum used to be like, put a T-shirt on underneath because it's cold outside and you like got a bin bag on. <laughs> yeah, but... No, I can't think of any events like that. But yeah, sorry, Dad, if you are listening. He won't listen to this. He'll listen to it in four years. Yeah, and he'll probably forgive me by then. There is something from the Cowdery Lecture I want to talk about. Okay. So I was cooking my dinner Mm -hmm. and I had it on my phone and then I had the sudden realisation that I could put it on the TV. You just have to do the screen sharing thing. So I put it on the TV and Claire Connor fell (laughs) off a chair. (laughs) Do you know, like, the one thing you really fear when you go on stage is, like, missing the seat when you're in a dress or a skirt and a T-shirt. And she missed the chair and fell off the chair. And it was the first thing I text you about. (laughs) Oh, bless her. Because, like you said, it's the they're the things that you are always like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. And then you do it and you're really embarrassed. Um, But... I remember they'd even said to me, they rang me on the Tuesday, the people from the MCC to say, you're going to be on a tall stool, so dress appropriately. Yeah. So the thing I had was like trousers, so it was fine. But yeah, Claire, bless her, her face. I, was, I caught, I like went to catch her. <laughs> and then you stitched me up because you said to her, oh, the only thing Alex took from that event was you falling off your chair. Because I looked at my phone after it had all finished and the only message I had from you was, Claire, fall off a chair, ha, 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 ha. So good. Anything else on your sticky note or your blankety blank? My sticky note was really empty and I've had stuff to talk about this week and I forgot to write it down, so. Okay, well, we discovered something else at the Christmas markets which really needs bringing to people's attention. Oh. It's your LBW that we've just discovered. (laughs) Who taught you how to hold a mug? I don't know, but it's really strange. I've never noticed before, but I only noticed last night because my finger was really aching. 
and it was because it was not in the mug. So you hold, you have your index finger flying around out of yeah. the hole of the mug. You hold it with your little finger, the finger next to that, and the, your middle finger. Or what I do is I put all four in at once. But me and James, who we were with, the guy that we were with, listener James, noticed this, and then you couldn't hold your mug in in no. any other way. So it's like I. It was like, you were like, hold it in your other hand, and I held it normally. Normally, yeah. So I think maybe I'm just protecting my spinning finger. Well, I was going to ask, like, it did look at some point like you were holding the mug as if you were going to bowl a douche, right? Yeah, so maybe. don't know. But yeah, so that finger's out, and I just put three fingers in the hole, yeah. and then let that finger just roam around. And me and James tried it, and it felt very unstable. Yeah, I used my thumb as a stabilizer mm. to put it on top. Yeah, strange. Odd. Little LBW that we discovered. Also an LBW, the fact I went to the Christmas markets in my cricket jacket. No, oh, that was just really sad. Well, I didn't have a waterproof coat and you stressed me out saying it was raining. You offered me a coat, but it just didn't go in my outfit. So I put on a black rain jacket. A cagoule that had <laughs> Northwest Thunder plastered on it. Yeah. But then we got spotted. Well, we think we did. We're not sure, are we? I reckon he probably went, those two girls have got cricket gear on. Your words were, if we get spotted at the Christmas markets, that's ultimate fame. Ultimate, yeah. I don't we, think we did. I Well, I'm, I think from what you said, we did. Yeah, potentially. We d- I missed the first bit, but then the guy next to the guy was like, what do you mean? And he went, oh, those girls there, and pointed at us two. So you don't know. Maybe they just thought we were fit. Or maybe he was going, that girl there holds her mug in a really weird way. And we've got a rain jacket on. <laughs> She's got a skull cagoule on. <laughs> So we've not got a guest this week, but that opens us up to be able to open up our emails it for does. the first time in 17 weeks. Literally. Could be a long time. So should we go upstairs? Who do you want to go upstairs with? I mean, the one and only, surely. Sue Redfern? Yeah. Okay, we're going back upstairs with Sue. Sue, I've missed you. Granddad Rod's been back in touch. Has <laughs> he actually? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Kate and Alex. In this gut-wrenching time for a cricket follower, it was good to find harmony in the podcast. After listening to Jamima Rodriguez, I discovered via YouTube that she can also play guitar, jamming with Mark Butcher and accompanying Laura Wolfart singing the song Fall in Love Again. I think Laura actually wrote that song, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, I think she wrote it when she was like 16. Wow. Laura is such a talented musician and songwriter. Fall in Love Again on YouTube is a knockout. Thanks for bringing some cheer at a miserable time for cricket. By the way, as a granddad, I worry about Alex coming home worse for wear at 2am. But what can you do? Stay safe and well. Granddad Rod. Granddaddy Rod. Granddaddy Rod. <laughs> Thanks for getting back in touch. Oh, granddaddy. Here's one. Best prank ever. Hello, Kate and Alex. <laughs> Hope the two of you are doing well. Alex being coerced into washing her bread knife was the best part of last week's social media from you two. Keep up the good work. The immense joy you two bring with the podcast and with the social media, apart from your cricket, is just another level. I'm writing to both of you. Hope you read this at least if it doesn't make it into the episode because you are going to enjoy this link. Crossy, watch out because I'm pretty sure among the two of you, Alex will be the one that tries this on you. Now I know what this is, so I've just seen this. So somebody on the internet swaps out their girlfriend's bar of soap and cuts a potato into a square. (laughs) she's washing her face going what have you done with my soap it's not very soapy you've shaved my soap and she's rubbing a potato into her face first of all who uses a bar of soap anymore yeah that is so 1990s yeah 
That was what I was doing when I was getting dressed as Bugs Bunny. Yeah, using a bar of soap. Bar of soap. That's really old school. Good prank it? that though, isn't it? But how, surely how she surely knew it was a potato. It. Yeah. But like he's chopped it. He's taken off all the skin and like really like made, made it, it look, look like, like soap. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we've we've actually gone through all the potatoes in this house, so you'll have to go and buy more. Very true. Hi, Kate and Alex. Long time listener, second time emailer, or fourth if follow-ups count. I was listening to the Carl Kurtzer episode and one thing he asked stuck with me. Where do you keep your bread? Guys, where are these cricket questions? <laughs> no, 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 that's not the question, is it? Because we, we, we said where we keep our bread. You mentioned that Kate leaves it on the spice box, which is an LBW, or in the cupboard. I keep bread in the freezer, but hear me out. It lasts for weeks without going bad, and all you need to do is defrost it in the toaster or microwave before eating, and I believe this is the only way to store bread. Love the podcast. Thank you. And that's from Kunal in Dublin. No cricket question, but yeah, the the bread. We don't have bread very often. Not often. We're, we're, a bagel. we're into bagels in a yeah. minute, as you can probably tell, because I've opened in 10 minutes was about how you cut a bagel <laughs> up without chopping your finger off. <laughs> Hi, Bo. <laughs> Being a long time listener of No Balls Cricket podcast and a first time writer, a couple of questions to both of you as current sports professionals. Yes, cricket. Go on. First, about media obligations. Has getting involved with the podcast commentary panel experiences changed how you experience them? It never sits well with me that sports people are required to sit and talk in a meaningful yet emotional yet media image sensitive way mere moments after a significant setback. Nadal after a loss, Tim Payne after Headingley, etc, etc. What is it like? Yeah, we spoke about this the other day because... I've got a thing about when you win a big event like the World Cup, I don't think those post-match interviews should happen. No, we said that, didn't we? Like when we watched it in Australia win last Sunday, I guess they're trying to get an insight into what people feel. But for a start, no one ever can put into words what they've just gone through. I mean, I did one after the bring up the World Cup in 2017. Did you win Dro the World Cup? <laughs> Drop that in. But I swore. I was like, we've just won the World Cup. And then I was like, oh, Oh, I can't say that. Probably can't say that live on in an interview. But I, th I think that's actually good. Like, because I think that's genuine and that is what you were feeling at the time. I think when you win something like that, all you want to do is be around your teammates yeah. and you want to celebrate and you want to laugh and, and take the moment in. And then you get pulled away from that because you've got to go and talk live to people. Yeah. So... I, I think it's like the Tim Payne one at Headingley and Nadal losing after a, like a, a Wimbledon final, for example. I think that is a little bit different. Yeah, but the question is... <laughs> oh. Did I not listen? Has working in the media, doing the podcast, changed how you experience then doing media? So... I think it's helped us in the media. I'm definitely confident with the media. Yeah. I don't ever worry about doing an interview now no i'm much more confident i always used to get like when we first started doing the podcast used to hate interviewing people but then actually it's made us so much better yeah now we listen to what they say and res respond with that but at first we just had like 20 questions we're like right good answer next question yeah i think i think the media can be a really like important part of certainly for female athletes because i think we need the media to be able to promote ourselves so i think it's good to be able to have a good relationship with media. I don't mean with the people. I just mean with yeah. doing it in general. But I do think sometimes it, 
like I said, that World Cup final, like no one really cared about listening to 11 Australian players say the same thing, that yeah. everyone's worked really hard. Everyone was really pleased for Mitch Marsh. Yes, they were pleased that they've won the World Cup. Obviously. obviously. Um, and go and enjoy the celebrations. So I, I just think there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Another broadcasting question. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Do you ever feel anxious slash worried about being considered differently in the team or by selectors as a result of broadcasting more? Is it a concern for Alex that she will be viewed by the England selectors more as a past player given the more media job she's doing? I obviously don't think that any of these worries should be a thing at all. People are very capable of going through different things and returning to previous ones with the right mindset and picking up where they left off. Um, my, I never get anxiety or worry about what selectors or people think about me working in the media because I think in women's cricket especially they understand that you've got to work alongside the contract that you've got in the domestic game at the minute and I'm very much of, under the impression that I'm not good enough to play for England but if I am what will be They'll will be for it, yeah. yeah yeah I think what we're seeing now in the modern game is broadcasters like the BBC and Sky are trying to use people in the game at the time to do the broadcasting. Mm. So we're seeing it more in the men's game, like how Jimmy and Broad are being used in the white ball. white ball formats to broadcast. And I think it's more so in the women's game. Brilliant for visibility because you get to know the person behind the cricketer as well. So I think that's why the 100 was so successful because people got to know the likes of Izzy Wong, myself, Lauren, Tammy, people like that. Me. You, well, you were BBC. <laughs> You're joking, on it all I'm the joking. time. <laughs> it's not all about you, mate. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it gives you, I guess, an added value to them watching the sport. So I think it's quite important for us, but I think that's kind of just the modern way of doing it. I can't yeah. ever imagine back in the day that like both of them would go and commentate when and, he's not playing. Yeah, yeah. If he was injured, go and do some commentary. So I think it's really good because it gives you an insight into the dressing room as well. Yeah. Last thing. I really like your inclusion of lines like, remember, if you've not got anyone else, you've got us. Can be such a difference to people to hear, even if you don't know them. Real class, probably understanding what a podcast is to somebody while they're listening to it. Well done. P.P.S. Also attached is a spud in its natural habitat. Zoom in for the uncomfortable truth. Now I'm going to zoom in on this and I don't... All cutlery should be washed, you savage. <laughs> He's edited it out. Thank you. Thank you. What's the name of the person that sent that in? <laughs> this is Robert from North Wales. Yes, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Kate and Alex. Hi, from Bangalore. Ooh. Was listening to your discussion on England's red trousers, which I hated, by the way. I feel like they look like low-priced knockoff Spider-Man costumes. But what made them worse was Moeen's red shoes. What is with the colourful shoes the guys and Rika Ghosh are wearing? I've seen the following. Number one, Rizwan with the bright green shoes. Two, Baba and Imad with the dark green matchy-matchy shoes. Three, Moeen and I think Sam Billings with the red shoes. Rika, and this is the worst, with the purple hurricane jersey and the bright blue sneakers. And Coley and AB with blue shoes and red RCB jersey. What is that in capital letters and loads of question marks? I reckon that is just people getting paid to wear shoes and they have to stand out, otherwise you wouldn't notice them. And it works because you've noticed them. I think, and this might be rubbish, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you say something with enough conviction, people believe you. I'm sure there was an ICC rule in World Cup tournaments that 
if you were going to wear a coloured shoe, it had to be the colour of the playing trousers that you wore. But Sam Billings wears really bright trainers. So I think that was the rule. So I think oh. that's where coloured shoes came into it. And they've come back in fashion. I don't know why they've come back in fashion. However, speaking of coloured shoes and all red, you, in the <laughs> 2018 KSL, the world famous globally shown tournament, actually got some all red shoes to match the kit, didn't you? Did, we played in all red and I got some um, tennis shoes spiked up. Didn't realise they were clay courts. <laughs> clay courts? And they were that heavy. I was like plodding from fine leg to fine leg and I'd get severe calf dumps. You got like shin splints, didn't so you? Like, because the whole season you just call me dragging, rapping the down. You're dragging your shoes around. Yeah. I'd be like, Bolly, you'd be like, come on, on clay courts. Like, don't they're really heavy? I can't pick my feet up. They looked good though. They looked good, but you were severely injured and got called Rafa Nadal for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I feel strongly about several rules in cricket, including the pitching outside leg one, but I really, really feel this one needs a Wimbledon type white shoe rule only. Congratulations, Alex, on the renewal of the contract and good luck with the Ashes, Kate. I'm going in for England. Have a good holiday season. Who's that from? Vaishnavi. <laughs> well, people actually wear now like one colour red, one colour blue or something and that's where it gets really rogue. What, one... Sh- like Odd one shoes. shoe red, one shoe blue. Who does that? I've seen it in the IPL. You're lying. Why lying for? I'm lying for. Adele's been in touch. The Adele? She's on telly at the minute. <laughs> she actually is. She's getting in touch on the pod. It's Adele Mitchell. Oh. Morning, Kate and Alex. To be fair, do we know Adele's surname? No. So it could be. Could be Adele. It could be Adele. Hello. Hello. She says, hello, Kate and Alex. I have been watching. Stop singing. The very limited amount of games that Sky have been showing of the WBBL this year or via the Cricket Oz app. And was wondering if the player's mic that is used by players could replace helmet cam in the 100. Right. Okay, I'm just going to rephrase all that. Okay. The player mic that they use in the WBBL, was it used when you both played in Australia and did you ever get asked to wear it? It was used when we were over there. And no, I was never asked to wear it, which I think is a good thing because as a seam bowler, there'd be just a lot of heavy breathing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I would. I'd just be out of breath. Yeah. People would just be be listening to how tired I was. Um, I wasn't allowed to wear it. Not surprised. The Hobart Hurricanes didn't trust that I would behave myself on the mic. But now I've got a booming podcast you never know. Maybe. I might be brilliant on the mic. And I firmly believe I'd be good on the mic. The, I just think there'd be a lot... <laughs> Speaking of which, that's just reminding me. I was just going to say, I feel like there'd be a lot of swearing with you, but Elise Villani had a brilliant one yes, recently, she did. didn't she? Where she missed a... Drop a catch? No, no, no. She misfielded a ball. It like went through her legs for one or something. But did she then get a run out in the end from it? Something happened, but she swore on it and it was really... Went, oh, sh- Mike. <laughs> it was really funny because it's exactly what you do when you're on the pitch so i think if people don't get offended by swearing then i think everyone should wear them i also think that it's normal and natural and cricket australia don't really care do they so so at least Blani going ah oh, ah oh, mate i should have got that one shouldn't i <laughs> it was very funny but i do think it should be done more maybe something for the hundred yeah lbw's got loads of lbw's Let's this week get some in Hi, Kate and Alex. I'm married. Well done. Congratulations. (laughs) 
to a tinsel sniffer. (laughs) (laughs) When it gets to Christmas time, my wife loves the smell of tinsel and will smell it at any opportunity. If we're in the the Christmas... I'm to a tinsel sniffer. If we're in the Christmas aisle of a shop, she'll sniff the tinsel. The people she worked with even put some on her desk for her. Is this normal or is she a massive weirdo? That's from Andy. No shaming saying who that is. Andy. Andy. With the tinsel sniffer wife. She's weird. Although tinsel does have a smell. It does, doesn't it? Andy Nicholson. So this is Mrs. Nicholson. (laughs) So if you know a Mrs. Nicholson, go buy that gal some tinsel. She loves to sniff it. It's weird, that, isn't it? it is a, it's not a nice smell, though, because it's like plastic. It basically, yeah, it's... it's just the smell of plastic. Weird. Here's one. LBW, Boyfriend's Weird Podcasting Habits. Hello, girls. My boyfriend recently got me into your podcast, and I am absolutely loving it. The downside is that after listening, I accidentally imitate your accents all the time, which blend horrifically with my Australian one, but it's worth it. Oh, shit, mate. <laughs> My boyfriend is actually subject of this email and I want your opinion on his podcasting habits. He listens to a shed load of cricket podcasts, yours included. Sometimes he listens along while cooking or cleaning like a normal human being. But other times he does nothing. Like he'll just sit on the couch or out on the balcony and listen to podcasts. He doesn't scroll on his phone. He just sits there peacefully and gives the audio his full attention. He said it's really relaxing and enjoyable. I think it might be borderline psychotic. So... Do you think it's weird to just sit and do nothing but focus on listening to a podcast? Or should I be concerned or impressed with his behaviour? Or am I the LBW because I can't sit still and listen to a podcast? Thank you, Brooke. P.S. He and I both agree that not washing the bread knife is unacceptable and keeping the toaster in the cupboard is grim as hell. So really, it all balances out in the end. We do balance it out, each other out really well. I think that's why we're a good friendship, but... I, I think the podcasting, I don't see why that has to be mutually exclusive. I don't see why it has to be one or the other, to be honest. No, I think I think sitting and listening to a podcast and not doing something is could be quite peaceful, you know. I do that when we get sent the edit of our podcast that's the final version to go out. I'll often come back from training and just lie on bed and... On bed? <laughs> I lie on the bed and listen to the podcast. So... I think that's quite normal, but I do think that podcasts are designed to accompany things. Yeah, like driving. More often than not, yeah. yeah. Next. Greetings, Alan Kate. I think we've actually discussed this because it mentions Ravi Bapara losing his trousers, but they've got an LBW. If I'm visiting a friend and have to drive there, I almost always drive a different route there to the way that I come home. I don't know why. It's not like I'm being tailed by the fuzz. All the best, Adam. The theme hospital guy. Yeah. I think that's weird. And how many ways are there to get to a destination? And also, do you not just stick it in your maps and follow the Go map? The quickest way. What, what's the reason for this? I need to understand this a little bit more, Adam. Yeah. I'm not sure there's enough routes that you can do that. Well, it doesn't have to be a different one every time, but it's a, just a different one to the way they came. Yeah, fair enough. To the venue. Right, I've got one more here. Last one. I've got one more. Hi, Kate and Alex. Seeing as Christmas is nearly upon us, I have a Christmas LBW. My girlfriend will only eat mince pies if they're warm and with cream. Don't get me wrong, that's a great way to eat them, but seems a little limiting. Thoughts, feelings, opinions. Thanks, Tom in Bristol. I don't like mince pies. I hate mince pies. I reckon I was about 15 
when I learned that mince pies aren't mincemeat. What? I thought mince pies were a pie of mincemeat. Well, and I never just, like, cinnamon on top of it. And I never touched them. Well, I found it really weird when people had them with cream. Yeah, they're like, raisiny, aren't they? I think it's like, yeah, it's like festivities in a pan, heated. I, don't, I, I hate them. I don't like them. Do you like Christmas cake? No. No. We we once made a Christmas cake. My mum made a Christmas cake, right? And we had a cat. And you're meant to make Christmas cake and like leave it for months on end and let it like settle. I don't know. Probably hoping somebody pinches it. (laughs) You don't have to eat it. Anyway, so she put it in the garage on top of. We had an outdoor fridge on top of the outdoor fridge. Christmas comes along. Christmas Eve, she goes to get it. The the cat that we had had been in and like been in the pie and like or the cake and like eaten it and like. I'm pretty sure she said there was stuff in there that was not meant to be. Um, so she just like picked it all out and served the Christmas no. cake on Christmas Day. Oh, you're joking me. But there's only one person in our family that eats Christmas cake and it's my dad. Oh, no. Is, is he going to find out through this podcast Probably. now? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So Sorry, I'm pretty sure my dad ate cat but hey. Wow. <laughs> that, to be honest, that would probably make it taste better. Yeah, yeah, probably. It probably would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a fan of mince pies, not a fan of Christmas cake. A lot of other cri- Christmas traditions I do get behind, though. Like? Mulled wine. Well, yeah, mulled wine. wine. Before we leave this podcast, I want to discuss something. Okay. We were talking about Christmas the other day, and you flat out said, I'm not putting the tree up. Yeah. And I got, I got a little sad, because I'm living in your house. It's your decision if you want to put the tree up or not. And I'm only here for the next three weeks. So if you don't want a tree, I'm just a bit... Sad that you're not going to have a Christmas it, tree. Yeah. Yeah. Your mood has completely just changed there. I can see that in your face. Yeah. Uh, I gave a very valid reason why I'm not doing it. You did, because you're actually not going to be here. I'm, I think I'm in the flat for four nights in December, so I'll be putting it up to take it back down the next hour. Yeah. So uh, what I might do is that tree over in the corner that's looking a bit dead now, to be honest. We only got it like two months I ago. I think I've killed it. We don't, if any tree experts are out there, we keep killing plants and we're not sure why. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to be in. So you you said I've, at a minimum I've got to get some Christmas decorations in here, which I will do. Some lights would be nice. Yeah, maybe some tinsel we can get some off Mrs. Nicholson. Yeah. Oh no, she won't give us any. <laughs> She's too busy stuffing it in a knicker drawer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did you make it weird? We're not saying that she's sexually aroused by tinsel. Oh, for God's sake. Why is she stuffing it in a knicker drawer? So she can sniff it. I'm going to finish on a bit of a happier note. Okay. Hi, Kate and Alex. This is an email that we've had. I just wanted to thank you guys for your podcast. I've had a tough week with my mental health and having your podcast to listen to has made such a difference. I like the openness that you have when talking about your mental health. And it's a great support for those of us that are struggling. I like how much you look out for each other. And listening to the podcast is like catching up with a couple of friends. You make the listener feel very welcome. It's great to share a laugh with you. Thanks again, Kirsty. Oh, Kirsty, you are welcome. And you remember, if you don't get anybody, you've got you've us. You've got us. Very true. We'll be back in a week. We oh. will, with our guest. Special guest. And if you've noticed we haven't been very active on social media, we're just having a bit of a break. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. It's just been a really tough few weeks for the cricketing world. Yeah. In fact, someone messaged us to say that they've noticed that we've not really been ourselves for the last couple yeah. of weeks and, and i think i just wanted to bring it up because we will get back to our normal selves but we're just a bit 
not shell-shocked, but a bit taken back and a bit upset by it all. So we've just had a bit of a quiet couple of weeks. Yep. So we just thought we'd address it. Yep, we did. So thank you very much for listening again, guys. We're back next week with a special guest. Yes, we are. We're looking forward to having him. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, men's ashes. On the podcast. And we will see you next week. Don't forget to email us on noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. It's It's so so good, good. they forgot to to put it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. See ya. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley falls down the track, comes scoring this time, chicken axe. It's either six or out, it's six. Match of the Day. Top 10 Podcast. Gary Lineker here to bring you a little message. Match of the Day. Top 10 Podcast is back once again exclusively on BBC Sounds. It's too late for me now, man. Yeah. yeah, it's too late. It's going to get some more dates for Match of the Day then. <laughs> Yes, myself, Alan, and the busiest man in football punditry, Micah Richards, return for Series 5. He was never going to Man City. Man Man United could never, ever have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to have gone to Manchester City. The Match of the Day Top 10 podcast, only available on BBC Sounds. I don't like mince pies. I hate mince pies.